Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. How good it is to praise our God. It is a pleasure to make beautiful praise. Yahweh rebuilds Jerusalem and gathers Israel's exiles. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God knows the number of the stars and calls each one by name. Great is Yahweh and mighty in power. There is no limit to God's wisdom. Yahweh lifts up the oppressed and casts the corrupt to the ground. Sing to our God with thanksgiving. Sing praise with the harp of our God who covers the heavens with clouds, who provides rain for the earth, and makes grass sprout on the mountains, and herbs for the service of the people, who gives food to the cattle, and to the young ravens when they cry. God does not thrill to the strength of the horse, or revel in the fleetness of humans. Yahweh delights in those who worship with reverence, and put their hope in divine love. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My parents are both native Georgians. My mom grew up in Savannah near a lake and close to Tybee Island. My dad grew up in the North Georgia area, spending his high school years in Roswell. He and his friends would go down to the Chattahoochee River frequently. They met when they were undergrads at Emory. So the pine trees, the abundance of water, the dogwoods in springtime, all of those beautiful aspects of Georgia live in their hearts and their souls. And they are shaped by Georgia's beauty. My brother and I were both born in Atlanta, but we moved to Athens and spent our early years there. But when I was in seven years old, my family made a big change. My parents got jobs at Texas Tech University, so we moved halfway across the country to Lubbock, Texas, which is in the middle of West Texas. There are many wonderful things about Lubbock. I had a great experience growing up there. I went to excellent, diverse public schools. We were part of a church community that was like a second home to me. The people are big hearted and kind. But when we first moved there, the one word we did not use to describe Lubbock was beautiful. In fact, I still remember my parents' shock and dismay when they learned that there was a tree at a shopping center in town with a plaque on it. It said, first tree planted in Lubbock. This was eight, uh, 1989, uh, and they knew when the first tree there started to grow. 
there aren't any trees in Lubbock that a person didn't plant. Nothing grows naturally. It is flat. It is dry. It is dusty. It is windy. In fact, you haven't lived until you've walked out of your high school into a dust storm with 60 mile per hour winds. The dust gets in your teeth and into your eyes. It's ugly. Our worship series for this summer is called For the Beauty. We hear the beautiful arrangement of that familiar hymn at the start and the end of our worship experiences. We are engaging in contemplative practices that lead us to cultivate a life of compassion. We're finding beauty in our everyday lives, becoming intentional about recognizing God's presence in all that we do. We slow down so that our souls can fill up, so that we can extend the compassion that God has for us outward into our world and all of its brokenness and all of its beauty. How do we do that when the world can sometimes feel more ugly than beautiful? When the dust in our vision seems to obscure our ability to see anything else? We are living in unprecedented times. If I had a dollar for every time that I heard that phrase, I would be a very wealthy woman. In fact, if I had a dollar for every time I myself used that phrase over the last three months, I could probably buy each one of you a boat. But I think it's overused for a reason, right? The last pandemic in this country was about 100 years ago. It's not a history that any of us lived through or remember. And the world is such a different place that there is no roadmap for how we move forward with so much uncertainty. And then over the last month, there have been calls for justice and righteous anger about the deep and abiding sin of racism in our country, set off by the murder of George Floyd, but coinciding with a pandemic that disproportionately affects people of color. All this is a result of systemic racism and its continued deadly effects. The world is crying out, crying out for justice and for healing, for beauty to break through, for peace, for God to show up. What we are living through is unprecedented in our lifetimes. There is no playbook. And yet, and yet disease and oppression and violence, pain and uncertainty, they aren't unique to our time. We know that. The psalmist in our scripture lesson today writes to a people who are looking for the good news of God. This psalm is one of the last psalms, one of the last five, and it's one of what is known as the Alleluia Psalms, songs of praise and thanksgiving for who God is, what God does, and God's abiding presence from the beginning of time to the end. And it comes to a people who have big questions about God's world, who have just sung songs of lament, interspersed with songs of praise. And they may just have been a people who described themselves as living in unprecedented times. This Psalm, Psalm 147, it's beautiful. Hear it again. How good it is to praise our God. It is a pleasure to make beautiful praise. Yahweh rebuilds Jerusalem and gathers Israel's exiles. 
God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God knows the number of the stars and calls each one by name. Great is Yahweh and mighty in power. There is no limit to God's wisdom. Yahweh lifts up the oppressed and casts the corrupt to the ground. Sing to our God with thanksgiving. Sing praise with the harp to our God, who covers the heavens with clouds, who provides rain for the earth, who makes grass sprout on the mountains and herbs for the service of the people, who gives food to the cattle and to the young ravens when they cry. God does not thrill to the strength of the horse or revel in the fleetness of humans. God delights in those who worship with reverence and put their hope in divine love. Do you hear that? That good, beautiful news about God? God rebuilds the world when it is broken, gathers up those who are in exile. God knows the count of the stars and the sky creates the whole world and calls it good. God lifts up the oppressed and casts the corrupt to the ground. God is the God of the cosmos larger in scope than we could ever imagine. And at the very same time, God cares particularly about God's people, our pains and our brokenness, oppression and disease. God knows the very count of hairs upon our heads. And our God heals us and lifts us, cares unconditionally for us. God delights in those who worship with reverence and put their hope in divine love. Our God is beautiful and the world God creates is beautiful. There is ugliness in it, but a life of contemplation of God's beauty trains us to see the world through the eyes of God. After my family had lived in Lubbock for a few years, the Chamber of Commerce adopted a new slogan for the city. Lubbock has more sky. Now, at first cynical glance, you could say, or maybe I said, well, right, because there's nothing else, no trees, no mountains, no tall buildings. But the truth is, when you only focus on the absence of things, or the way you wish it can be instead of the way that it is, or what you perceive as ugly, you miss. You miss a whole lot of beauty that is breaking through because there is no place that God's light doesn't touch. God created the whole world and called it good. Those God-created sunsets in Lubbock, let me tell you, they are spectacular. The shades of orange and pink and yellow stretch across the sky without limits or obstruction. At nighttime, the stars are bright and clear, the stars that God knows the count of. It's beautiful. Finding beauty, knowing that God is present, it's a matter of perspective, of training our eyes and our hearts and our spirits and our bodies to recognize the greatness of God that is always already around us, even especially when our surroundings may seem ugly. A life of contemplation helps us do this. Finding God's beauty in all things isn't about dismissing what's painful or oppressive. In fact, it does quite the opposite. It trains us to see the ugliness for what is 
against God's desire for the world. And it shows us the way God and God's people are breaking through with healing and justice. And friends, the signs are all around us. When those voting lines were long a few weeks ago, people were tempted to give up and go home. People in Atlanta showed up and handed out food and water to those in line. They brought camp chairs and umbrellas so they could keep the people voting present and motivated so that their voices could be heard. God delights in those who worship with reverence and puts their hope in divine love. When hospitals in New York were overwhelmed, residents from all over the city stopped every night at shift change, got on their balconies or threw open their windows and cheered for those healthcare heroes, the people who show up day after day to care for others, putting their own lives at risk. God delights in those who worship with reverence and puts their hope in divine love. When churches can't gather with big gatherings indoors, Vacation Bible School still happens, it just goes online. This week at our church, I witnessed children singing the songs of faith, learning Bible stories about God's justice, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, David and Goliath, Paul and Silas. They know these stories of our faith. God delights in those who worship with reverence and put hope in divine love. You can call these signs beauty, call them signs of hope or kindness or light. Really, they are glimpses of God's kingdom all around us. After all, we worship a God who looked at a world occupied by the Roman Empire, where violence and oppression were the order of the day, where poverty was crushing and people were discriminated against for gender or ability or ethnicity. And God said, this is the world that I am going to be born into. Because of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is here and it is now. The kingdom where the hungry are fed, the lowly are lifted up, Good news is preached to the poor. The captives are set free and liberty is given to the oppressed. Friends, the kingdom of God is here. Our job is to train our eyes and our hearts, our spirits and our bodies to see it and to be part of what God is doing to bring it into being. Each week in this series, we are finding ways to integrate contemplative practices into our daily lives as a way of opening to God in deeper ways. This trains our spirits for compassion in all things. This week's ritual action is journaling. Our children are doing it, we're doing it too. You are invited at the end of each day to read this Psalm, Psalm 147, and then ask yourself these questions. Write down your responses. Where have I witnessed beauty today? Where have I created beauty today? This practice trains us to see the kingdom of God in our midst. For remember, friends, God delights in those who worship with reverence and put their hope in divine love. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.